you send me the files and you're done. According, uh, according to your agenda, Steve, we're gonna we're gonna do our little entrance, right? Yeah. yeah okay. You probably could have figured it out if you just fucking shut up and go with it. <laughs> so, you know, we're not rapping. That. That's how I talk to my kids when uh, we're trying to get into rap presents. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, just sit down. It's always. Well, Eric, you know, I'm going to level with you. This whole thing, this is not our best work. Um, we're not going to start over. We're just going to do the episode. So, <laughs> and, uh, just, uh, good evening. This is our yearly hot pod like a whole holiday special. And often we have a little game of theater here where we pretend that we're with each other. And tonight we are not going to pretend that we're with each other. We're just going to start talking. So, uh, yeah, we're two for two. This is terrible. These are both bad openings. All right, hold on a second, guys. <laughs> I liked my, I liked my, no. I thought I was, I thought no, it was funny. No, no, no. All this stays I, in. I, I don't like, like, much like, much like a Christmas gift you don't want. Sometimes you got to open the box and just get what you get. And you know, that's, you know what? The listeners are going to get this, this, these terrible attempts at some opening. Have either of you ever gotten a Christmas gift you did not want at all? Yes, I did. And this is Mark. And I was ready to do a uh, improv bit. I love when Eric, you know, walks through our virtual log cabin where Stephen is enjoying his uh, Christmas. Um, he always puts on a different voice. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like Bob Cratchit coming in through the door. No, tonight, tonight was definitely Bob Odenkirk. Oh, my little women. Um, <laughs> oh, my little women. You know, I haven't seen that movie, but I know he's in it. And I know I, I watched that scene like 25 times. So, good. so I mean, I, I had like, um, you know, where I was going to come in with the old Christmas blues and I needed some cheer em ups. And uh, you two are going to remind me of some of my better memories of Christmas past. We'll get, um, we'll get, but the, we'll, in terms we'll get, of yes, Christmas, that would have been thematically beautiful, Mark. I love that idea. Well, right, right. Yeah. But instead, we're going to keep it live and loose. Um, well, there's still, there's still a, I still have the fire going, guys. You can hear it, right? It's crackling. It's crackling. Yeah, feel the heat. Feel the heat. Um, but. I told my mom, really would like a watch, like a nice silver watch. You know, I'm probably in eighth grade, so I was starting to accessorize at this point in my young juvenile life. Starting to get into uh, wearing like earrings for crying out loud. I got my ear pierced at the state fair that year, and I wanted to continue to look. how, How old were you when you had your ear pierced? Uh, sixth grade. So let's say 12, 13. How about Eric? Did you ever, did you ever ever earring? No, no. I had my, uh, what's that what thing a punk. called? LeBray pill. What's the little thing above your chin? I had that pierced. No, that sucked. no that you were not. A, you know what? Not a, not a true cool kid of the nineties. Uh, I had my ear pierced in fourth grade. I was the cool guy. There you go. Listening, I mean, to, one of listening to Vanilla, vanilla to Ice. and Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, word. I told her I wanted a silver watch. Word to your mother. I open up the box, 
and it's a gold watch looking like I'm about to hit retirement. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not what I wanted. Not what I wanted. Never wore it. Didn't know it, how to react. Kept telling her, silver watch. Silver. Stainless steel. What, what, what year was this? Uh, it was probably seventh grade. Seventh or eighth yeah. grade. No, that's that's, uh, that's a seventh or eighth grader wearing like a gold old man watch. Uh, was not the look. <laughs> oh, that, that's one of our uh, friends that used to wear bad hats all the time. That's definitely what he would have done at that age. Yeah, uh, I yeah, you know that's probably where things went wrong with your father. If you look back on it, that's that's where the schism <laughs> happened. You know. I mean, all that—all that guy's wanted his entire life was his pension and his retirement watch. And his son gets a watch in seventh grade and spits on it. And uh, well, pff, look, look there, there you go. Picks me up by my lapels and just shakes me. Do you know how long I've wanted one of these? <laughs> I'm still laughing Eric. at Mark, Mark's gecko earring. That is just—it <laughs> oh, looked sorry. like it was crawling up my earlobe. Uh-huh. It was pretty uh-huh. cool. It was the a conversation shirt. starter. Well, you know, you know, the the 90s, the 90s were the cool, the time of cool amphibians. But, you know, uh, uh, Eric, uh, you, did you ever get a gift you just despised? Uh, you're, you're, you're typically a grateful person, but I am. Have, I am. And, and, to, you know. and, to, and to that point, I don't really remember that. I do remember a disappointment gift where there was a uh, everybody. The world, at least my school, was uh, was a flutter for these new yo-yos, the brain yo-yos. They had ball bearings inside, and you could do. They would spin forever, and you could do all sorts of tricks with them. And uh, I got one, and just assumed I just I never used a yo-yo before, and just assumed I'd flop it down, and I would be walking the dog right out the gate. Hard as hell to use. Hard as just got tangled up. Didn't work. Uh, that was a disappointment gift. <laughs> Yeah, you could you could file yo-yos, skateboards, and guitars away as things <laughs> that I really wanted that were going to make me a cool guy, and uh, the effort wasn't worth it. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, uh, so Steve yeah. practicing the same ollie over and over again for a weekend, or just getting his balance on the board more so. <laughs> Terrible doesn't doesn't make sense to me to this day how people do all those interesting tricks on there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a, yeah, let's see, most disappointing gift. You know, I had a disappointing gift, but it was only because my expectations were set so high for the other one, much like uh, Mark's selfish uh, watch problem that, you know, I'd, I adore Mark's mom, and I, what a what a brat he must have been, Mark. Um, yeah, but uh, so it's, it was, I think it was the, the first Christmas after my parents divorced, and... Uh, Unwrapping all the gifts, getting in. You know, you guys remember how? Uh, well, not Eric because he didn't have a childhood. But Mark, remember how you could you could like the Nintendo boxes had a very sp- specific shape. Oh yeah, like when you saw those. When you I saw had those a Nintendo. Nintendo. I just could only play it for thirty minutes a night. Anyways, oh, that's just, that's, that's even worse. Big timer. Yeah, and that's that's why you're the way you are. But you know, they, the the Nintendo games had a very specific shape, and when you saw a couple of them, it was like, oh my god. I got more than one Nintendo game. I'd, I'd be so happy to get one. And uh, one one year, I, I saw a very specific-looking Nintendo game. And I wanted another game very badly. And I opened this up. And I don't know why I was so dead set on that I was going to get the game I really wanted. But it was a... 
I can I can't even pronounce the game to this day. My my father got it for me, and this was when he was just at the start of his um, uh, Kirk Van Houten uh, divorced dad part of his life, uh, li- living in in the the bachelor uh, apartment, sleeping in a race car bed. Oh my demo tape! Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> Can I borrow a feeling? Ah, there's your picture on the front. <laughs> Go ahead, Homer, laugh at me. I already did. And it was a a game called like Xes or the way the way you spell it is E X E Y E X. Like I don't even know how you say that. And you were a little spaceship that could turn into a man. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was by, uh, I think it was Hudson Soft might have made it. It was like a good B minus C plus Nintendo game. And uh, I said, all right, well, you know, thanks for the Nintendo game that I'd never even heard of before. But I really wanted the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. That was what I really wanted. And... To this day, I don't remember how it happened, but later, later, gentlemen, that game appeared. That game appeared under the Christmas tree. Um, I, I believe it might have been Jolly Old St. Nick. But later that, that same Christmas, after my heart was broken, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, the second game on the Nintendo, uh, was gifted to me. I played the hell out of it. And when I think of Christmas... I think of the Ninja Turtles more often than one should. Cowabunga! Uh, the Ninja Turtles dominated my my mind much like I thought from, ni- from like late nineteen eighty eight to maybe nineteen ninety one. It was uh, the Ninja Turtles were so in the forefront of my mind for those three years as a as a youth that the only thing that could blast them out of there was when Terminator Two came out and I got to see my first R rated movie at the theater. Um, that's how powerful the Turtles were, and that's how powerful Terminator Two was by James Cameron, the creator of Avatar: The Way of Water. So I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, the Ninja Turtles were. Uh, so there was a couple phases of my toy phenomenon uh, growing up. Uh, I didn't start with G.I. Joe. I started with He-Man. After He-Man, that's when I graduated to the Ninja Turtles. And honestly, Cowabunga! they're such a foundation. Um, one of the best Christmases ever was opening up the party wagon. Oh, yeah. The van. That set right there, because uh, it was it was great. I, I was already starting to collect. You know, I even had April O'Neil in my collection. Uh, hello, nurse. I can't blame you. I mean, that was a very well sculpted toy. <laughs> yeah, very shapely. Uh, that jumpsuit was who was wearing what at that point. <laughs> you know, I uh, I don't know if you guys remember. It was during my San Francisco years, but there was one year where I'm sure I sent you photos where I I painted my whole body green and I was Raphael. Oh yeah, and and my wife was uh, April O'Neil, 
and she really went for it. She was uh, 28 at the time, and she got a very tight-fitting yellow jumpsuit. And Cowabunga! Needless to say. Uh, my wife's a buxom lady. And uh, <laughs> that night was probably the highlight of my life. And We'll just leave it at that. It, it's all been downhill from there. Um, <laughs> you know, lived out some weird fantasy that none of you guys want to think about. And <laughs> anyways, Mark, you were talking about the turtles <laughs> and the toys. Uh, for sure. And um, does it count as a furry if you if it doesn't have fur if it's a <laughs> reptile? Just curious. It, in that case, it was a painty. You know, I mean, uh, before Eric jumps in on his uh, turtle nostalgia, um, but after like the Ninja Turtles, I think then I started collecting the Batman animated series action figures. But there was always a soft spot in my heart where you were thinking more on the video game uh, tack. I was definitely in the action figure. Uh, of course, the um, Turtles 2. The Turtles arcade games were fantastic. Turtles 2, Turtles in Time. Super Nintendo games were phenomenal. That first one from Konami was absolutely impossible. And it made you just want to throw your Nintendo into the bushes. But one thing about your disappointing um, game... You know, one of the things that I was thinking of is, you know, we had some Christian friends, all three of us, and whenever they would say, you want to come over and play some games, you would generally find they only had like three games in their library. One of those was (laughs) Bible the Game. (laughs) (laughs) And not even that Mario game. It was like this knockoff Mario that had like, it was like an island. It was a guy on an island. You know, he wore a grass skirt. Made no sense. I can't. Oh, what? Are you talking Hudson's Adventure Island? That's it. (laughs) Hudson. That's the same company that made that weird game. I believe that my dad bought me that I couldn't pronounce the name of. (laughs) Yeah, Hudson's Adventure Island. He 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 uh, he had a skateboard. That uh, that guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Before we, you know, we'll get back to the games, Mark. Uh, We'll probably even talk about the toys a little more in a minute. But uh, Eric, so you're only allowed to play video games for thirty minutes a day. That's why you became who you are uh i mean mm-hmm. cartoons and toys were you even allowed to play with those two or yes, was it just yes. yeah did you have to pick one was it just 30 minutes of fun son you may play a video game you may watch one cartoon or you may play with toys for 30 minutes but you no, can't no, do no, 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 no. All as three. long as as long as homework was done like <laughs> cartoons were 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 a little bit more uh lax i don't know what it was uh, they probably got caught up in the uh the donahue shows warning against video games or something i i have no idea but, um, yeah, no, the Turtles. Um, so I remember uh, the year the Turtle the turtle cartoon came out. What was that, 87? Am I... I believe so. Yeah. And um, I was definitely interested in it. Um, and I thought, it would be like, I, I just love, like, I'm sure we'll get to the theme song later. But I love how clearly defined each turtle is with their, their specialty. Um, I also had a good friend, uh, Robbie Thompson, across the street. And he was about to move away to Mississippi. Um, and he was my best friend at the time. And we were both really into comic books together. And um, he had the Eastman and Lair books. And I'm sure we'll get to those. But anyways, it was it was like parallel when the cartoon came out. I got to see the kind of different version of the Turtles from that. Um, and I was very intrigued by the whole vibe of that comic book. I hadn't read anything like it before. Um, and, uh, and weirdly, somehow in the Yusagi Ojimbo universe or at least there's a crossover strip, which I also had those books and, and read that and uh, 
was very excited by all that. Um, so I, I, I got it. I, I enjoyed the comics around the same time the cartoon dropped, but I did love that cartoon big time. Um, some point in the next two to three years, the bat, I, I became obsessed with Batman and that like took up a lot of my pop culture, culture involvement, but I always had a soft spot for the turtles. And of course, uh, was, you know, first in line when the movie, when the live action movie came out. And uh, yeah, I haven't followed them a lot since, in their adventures since. I know there's probably some good stuff that we'll talk about, but um, 87 to like 92, uh, they were in my world somewhere. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah exactly. The games, yeah. uh, the, the merchandise, the cartoon, show. the cartoon. So yeah, I mean, the Ninja Turtles, this is a well-trotted round here. There's probably a billion podcasts de- uh, devoted to them. Probably all from 40-ish year old men who have nothing better to talk about. But when I think of Christmas, I think of the turtles quite a bit uh, back in my, my youth. Uh, yeah, they, they started out as a comic book, 1983, an independent comic book. It was kind of a, uh, a parody of the origin of Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil got pushed into the road and a canister hit him. And what this book said is that uh, after, or I'm sorry, Daredevil pushed the old man. Pose if Custer yes, didn't die. Exactly. Uh, after Matt Murdock pushed the guy out of the way and the canister hit In the escalating dusk, Matt Murdock pushed and, and, it. In the percolating dust light, <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> and that, that canister went underground and dripped on the turtles. And there you go. They were born. And yeah, those, those early comics are black and white. They are underground. They can use swear words. They can have violence. But they're still pretty funny. And the heart is definitely there. And then... Uh, you know, the, the 80s were the time, like Mark said, He-Man and G.I. Joe and whatnot. Uh, toyet, toyetic, uh, making toy lines out of stuff. That was the start of all that. Like the, the real, uh, you know, you, you made a cartoon to just sell the toys. And uh, they sold their their comic to some company in 1987. Made a cartoon with a catchy theme song, and it just took the world by fire. And uh, four turtles, Ninja Turtles, and you had Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, and Leonardo, and their Master Splinter. And that the theme song, the theme song. What I loved about the theme song is it summed it all up. It's uh, we all know the theme song. It's uh, it's so well known that even Mike Patton sings a version of it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant. And uh, I would say that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song is equally as iconic as the DuckTales theme song. Equally, 
Equally as iconic as the DuckTales theme song, but also as rockin' as the X-Men theme song from the X-Men cartoon. From the 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Neck and neck. Great. Um, Going back to the cartoon show, like, um, those early seasons, I would guy, I would rent those on VHS when I wasn't watching those on Fox 40. This is obviously the days of your no so no youtube no on demand stuff so my mom would drive us to the uh local video store nickelodeon videos in loomis which is now a pizza factory or probably i don't know yep um it is pizza factory is not bad pizza factory is great that was my that was my jam growing up um but the cartoons in those early days were as cheap as hell so the color correction was off every now and then Leonardo who wore a blue mask would all of a sudden wear like a pink mask um, or they would turn from light shades of green to kind of a yellowish tint I mean because you know I'm sure that it was these animators chained to a animating desk um, <laughs> <laughs> for 18 hours a day just we need more <laughs> faster produce more content um, I just picture like a Kim Jong-un like sweatshop factory probably not that far off but well i mean uh, it got it got to the point where it was on every day and then on saturdays as well if you remember correctly it was it was monday through friday on fox 40 and then uh or your you know your local fox station and then on saturdays there was an episode on cbs and i always in my in my mind the saturday one was always better even though it really wasn't but for some reason to me it might have just been different yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's well, it doesn't they, exist it doesn't exist anymore. The Saturday mornings for the kids. I feel bad for the kids. Now they, yeah. they it had to have been a Saturday show, and they just banked enough episodes where they could like syndicate it every day of the week. That must have been it, right? Well, yeah, yeah well, definitely. Yeah. But in my in my in my mind, it just it, it, those episodes were better, even though well, they were the new episodes. They were yeah, oh. yeah. The, but yeah, the Saturday morning cartoons. That's a whole that's a whole other boring uh, old forty year old show in itself. Um. So yeah, the, the the cartoons. I mean, the, let's let's get in. Let's get, let's let's get into what's important here, though. You had Leonardo, who's the leader. He was like the most well balanced of them. You had Donatello, who's the brainiac, kind of socially inept. You had Michelangelo, who's the party dude. Cowabunga! And then you had Raphael, who I think it sums it up. He's cool but rude, and he was a sarcastic. <laughs> he was a sarcastic one. All right. Yeah. Let's let's all what which this is. This is the ultimate question, and Mark Mark actually asked this in the writers' room, and that's why we're doing this episode. What turtle do you identify with? I've yeah. always had this. I've always had the same one. Mine's never changed. But Mark, it's you Raphael first. for you, right? Of course. Exactly. He's a, yeah. He's he's surly, but he's got a heart of gold. <laughs> Absolutely, and he talks like a British, like a uh, a New Jersey cab boy. Look, I don't want to fight you. Well, tough rocks, pal. A Jose can say go bat. Tell me, you didn't pay money for this. Yeah, and like the movies. What are you talking about? <laughs> a Jose hey, I walked in here. Uh, a Jose can say go bat. Uh, yeah, Mark. I, Mark. I, Mark. I either. I either peg you for a Raphael or a Leonardo. Yeah. I know. See, I think that um, 
there's four turtles that live inside me. And <laughs> I mean, uh, we all want to be the uh, the party dude who just yells cowabunga and eats pizza and has the cool nunchucks. Um, but honestly, yeah, Moody is Raphael, um, and I want to think that I am a somewhat of a leader that keeps things together like a Leonardo or am I the guy that's trying to figure out solutions to problems um, so I mean honestly yeah I think I, I probably mostly identify with Raphael out of the most but probably Leonardo because if we cannot double up on this show um, Leonardo and Raphael definitely have an, uh, a very close but yet competitive relationship. And I think that they both love each other. And I think that that would also sum up what me and you have, <laughs> you know, I don't think two Raphael's could live together, um, but we're always kind of competing and uh, in a good natured way. Are, um, are we really better? Are we really competing though? I mean, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I've never, I've never felt like, oh, I need to compete with Steve or anything like that. But it's just that we push each other to be better, and I think uh, that's, that's true. Um, I think that's what uh, the spirit of that is. So I guess, I guess you'd right. I guess you're pegging me. Uh, Leonardo would be pretty apt, and I, I think with, with Eric, I mean, I think that he's probably a combination of. Donatello and Michelangelo, if you ask me. <laughs> I think I think I'm Donatello in the streets and Michelangelo in the sheets. For sure. <laughs> uh, I think I whisper I, that in your wife's ear the yeah. next time. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, that's instant. That's 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 yeah. a little uh, a well a well a well timed cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, I uh, my favorite has always been Michelangelo. Uh, I, I love him. Um, uh, I thought he always entertained me and I aspired to be just a fun guy, uh, uh, uh as a kid, the cartoon version of Michelangelo, I think is superior. The movie version is pretty good, but he like does three stooges noises like all the time when he's fighting, which is kind of weird, but Hey, whatever. <laughs> So that, that I actually watched those movies, but I did. Way. I watched Speaking it this week. I watched the first one this week. Yeah. All right. Let's let's just just get we'll get to it in a second. Hold, hold on. Okay. All right. But yeah, Donatello uh, would be like the one. Like if I had to say, like, okay, that's who I want to be. But let's be honest, I, I I do feel like I identify quite a bit with Donatello. But if we can only pick one, you know, my heart's always been with Mike, Mikey. So yeah, the the I believe it. The cartoon was on for like the first series. I, I got, I think it was on for like a decade or something. I, I don't know. I'm not going to look it up, but it was on for a while. And then they went away for like two years and they came back with another series and another series and another series and another series. And we grew up, uh, but I, I, you know, my, in my mind's eye, that original series with, uh, uncle Phil as, as shredder. That was, uh, that was good stuff. When I, when I look back though, I do, I do think of, the first movie more than I think of the cartoon show. And I think of the video games even more about the, than the, the cartoon. I mean, even as I grew up away from the video or the cartoon, I would still play those games. But before we get to those, the comic books, have either of you 
actually read any version of Ninja Turtle comic books. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I okay. think I read um, some of the adaptation that the movie turned into a lot darker and more violent, no question. But I never really like uh, read a lot of the issues more than probably less, probably less than three. Um, I mean, the art style was very Japanese, but even though um, the guys doing it were American. Um, yeah, though, yeah the, the creators, we should mention that is Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they definitely had a, a, a manga type yeah. feel to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, a little bit of that, a little bit of Frank Miller, who was also uh, influenced by that. Uh, so it made sense. And yeah, that early stuff, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's really out there. It's really weird. Um, Eric, you read some of it? Yeah, I, I definitely. I wish I had it now, but I read a few volumes of the Eastman Laird, the early stuff. And um, I don't remember the characters being as dynamic as they are in the show or the movie, but the um, the art was just so. I, I love the art. Like, I just I just have flashes of the art. Um, uh, and like cool ideas that would get fleshed out more in the show, like the. Like the robot, like the robot dogs is what I want to call them, but maybe that's not what they are. With the uh, mousers, mousers, yeah, yeah, yeah mousers. There yeah. you go, stuff like that. Like, um, I don't know. It was a beautiful black and white cartoon, and probably my introduction to like indie comics. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I think that was age. the introduction for a lot of kids. The idea of indie comics. There's, you only heard about Marvel and DC, and then you're thinking, what's this company, Mirage? What's this? I actually. Uh, I found my first issues of the Mirage oh, comics at, at the Nios uh, used. Um, but I I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you, did you ever read the Archie comics adaptation of the cartoon? I did not. No. All right. So there was a Archie comics did an adaptation of the cartoon that it, 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 it had the basis of the cartoon with the, the, the turtles of the four colors, a little bit more kid-friendly. It ran for like, I don't know, 100-something issues, and it just started going in its own bizarre uh, direction, and it was something. It, it really, like, they started traveling in the space. There was uh, a lot of... Uh, there, there was other characters, I think, that were made just for the comic that they actually might have made toys for that were never on the show. Um, Did they go to Riverdale? They never, no, they never went to Riverdale. They never crossed over with uh, Archie. I mean, the Punisher did, but they didn't. Um, I did and not they, know that. Yeah, and there were, there was these creatures that I can't even pronounce the name, uh, like Mutanimals, and they had their own spinoff uh, comic that I loved. The Archie comics were actually, they, they accidentally, they went bonkers. They, 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 they didn't have the adult themes that the original comic had, so what they did was they just went bonkers in their own direction. It was, it was wonderful. So, yeah, there was two two strains of Ninja Turtles comics out there when we were young. Well, that makes sense. I mean, because the other one was extremely uh, more geared for, you know, teens and uh, adults who like those sorts of things, you know, violence rather than what we would see on the cartoon show. I mean, they were able to live two separate lives. I mean, it's unfortunate that they never made like a feature film that addressed kind of the original comic book roots, but you know, it probably wouldn't sell as well because 
like you said, Toy Attic, how can we merchandise this thing? Because it turned into this behemoth of an industry of, you know, the Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us. I think there's an entire episode about Ninja Turtles toys. There is. And I don't know if uh, we're in that segment yet, but all the Ninja Turtles toys were pretty high quality. I mean, um, better than the Kenner toys that Star Wars was rolling out in, in like the 80s. And I never really collected the Star Wars toys, honestly. It was so it a little sounds, before my time. Sounds like we're in that segment now. So let's do it. So the toys, yeah, and, and to the Star Wars toys, I, I had a few of them. My parent, my parents bought them for me. I had the, uh, I had the ranker. Remember, I used to, sure, have the, the ranker would, and you could move a little lever, and his jaw would move, and you could feed it your other toys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the Ninja Turtles toys. I, I had quite a few of them. I, the one that I am extremely fond of for some reason is a uh, Baxter Stockman. Yeah, that was a good one. What a ridiculous goddamn character that is! It based it's just based off just the fly. fly. Yeah. yeah, it's just based <laughs> off the fly. It's like it's like Rick Moranis crossed with the fly, and uh, you know a fly man uh, with the purple pants on and uh, wings and fly arms. It's just stupid, but I, I love that toy, and I, I still have a I have a Usagi Ojimbo to this day. Awesome. Was, I mean, uh, my two favorite in the collection, of course, was Shredder. That was awesome. You know, he had the little, like, talons kind of thing. I don't know what you call those, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, I even had, like, a super shredder, too. Like, this is how deep, you know, my my collecting was going. But I also was a big fan of the Casey Jones. Uh, we haven't talked about Casey Jones, but, uh, you know, the human friend that dressed up in sports gear. Um, he, he was an awesome character, and he was essentially the human love interest for April O'Neil and because we can't have Raphael and the other turtles doing you know some bestiality action Casey Casey Jones was like a Batman not unless it's Halloween 2009 (laughs) I know I'm sure if I do a search term on Pornhub I can (laughs) kind of get close uh, I don't know. He was filming a lot of stuff back then. So, like, <laughs> I wish I Casey did. Jones was cool. Like I said, he was like a Punisher Batman archetype. Um, you know, the, the the cartoon wasn't afraid to just create all the the, the most ridiculous characters. Um, bat shit. Just bat shit yeah, crazy characters. Bat shit. I actually love the Bebop character design. Like a punk. Yeah. Like a total like... like 80s movie like post-apocalyptic like where punks glasses. are just, punks are just like terrorizing the streets left and right and he's like a warthog with a mohawk. Oh, the Rat King. Do you remember the Rat King? Yeah, oh, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just living the sewer, just like wrapped up in like rags from head yeah. to toe, like a mummy. Yeah, yeah was, and had rats crawling all over him. Yeah, it was kind of uh, insensitive to the homeless, but uh, yeah, he lived in the sewers and controlled the rats. All these crazy creatures, I mean, really was truly, if you think about it, if you really think about it, it was an indictment on nuclear waste management and, and, uh, and uh, you know. Environmentalism. Uh, yeah, exactly. Really waste was man- to... waste management. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a real problem. Yeah, well, you know, they, but they went about it the right way. It wasn't as on the, the head as Captain Planet, for God's sakes. Right, right, right. But, oh, um, yeah, preach at me, Cap. Cap, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This was no. no it, you're not going to get the kids holding... 
holding up their signs and 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 protesting. Unless yeah, what, what you need to do is you blast. need to have need you need to have the uh, you know April O'Neil's uh, coworker, that guy in the pink shirt with the ponytail, uh, Bill Maher looking dork, go into the bank and then he gets <laughs> robbed by Leatherhead, the giant Cajun alligator man, and that's how you say, <laughs> you know. Don't don't th- put oil in the uh, gutter, <laughs> kids. So, well, Leatherhead was just basically like uh, Killer Croc, right? From Batman. Yes, the most. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Cajun voice, which I was about to do, but I'm not going to do. <laughs> just do a good James Carville, you know. Um, <laughs> but the action figures for the Ninja Turtles, uh, they always had like just the white eyes. Uh, you didn't actually see any pupils back there, and they're all making that same face, like the grimace. You saw like, you know, the teeth on the right and the left, and they're all just grimacing and holding their, you know, respective weapons. Um, I always but- love the teeth, the way they drew the teeth, like the rounded. They were rounded teeth, and then yeah, it was either that face or the one where it's closed on one side and open on the other. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's great. Great stuff. But Ninja Turtles running for president. You know, if you're going to run for president in the South, you got to have yourself a good front game if you're going to be a turtle. <laughs> now, my boy over here, Leatherhead, now he knows what's going on. He's going, he's knocking on doors, and I'm telling you, Leatherhead's not just relying on his CPAC. That's my uh, James Carville. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I thought there was actually a Cajun... Um, was Leatherhead actually, did he have a Cajun accent? I don't know. It's been years. Um, but, you know, the true villain, and actually what I did have, and we can talk about this character, it was a small little action figure that you would put inside a bigger action figure. Oh, yes. Yes. And, um, like, you're putting, like, a little piece of, like, like a meatball in a microwave is what it looks oh, yeah. like. No, it's a, the, I, I tell you, it's one of, it's one of, I mean, you've got the fucking Mona Lisa, you've got Rockefeller Center, you've got, uh, I don't know, discovering how to travel at the speed of sound, and then you've got Krang, one of history, or <laughs> mankind's greatest creations. Yes, yeah, I think we're all a, in agreement. A, a, a giant, a giant dopey robot body with a fucking brain in the stomach. And like every day, kids like, go home and watch a cartoon where this is like the bad guy behind the bad guy. It was just wonderful. And he's in like that big round, the, like the battle for like what was it? What was it called? It was a dome. It was, it was the Technodrome. The Technodrome. Ah. Yeah, and you could that was even a toy too. And I never had the Technodrome. I was my mom just thought it was way too expensive. This molecular amplification unit. But why? Saki, you fool! Don't waste time! Your forces are depleted! The turtles are on their way! Install the chip now! Alright, I'll do it! You may feel 
some disorientation when you revive in your new body. Imagine like the day Krang showed up and like Shredder's like, oh fuck, I'm oh, gonna go kill myself. Shredder's the relationship was yeah. ridiculous. It turned into like Abbott and <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> odd couple bullshit. You had a, 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 a ninja master and a brain living inside a fat robot stomach underground in a rolling house, and they fought and bickered. <laughs> It was wonderful. Yeah, and I always loved it when he would say, Krang from Dimension X. You know, he's from Dimension X. Always it. trying to rip open some portal to get Dimension X to to come to New Earth. York City, yeah. Like a couple of his henchmen would come through and they're like, these, how, you know, how these far stone the monsters. Did, how far in the show did Krang show up? Was that like a jump the shark moment later on? No, Not that it, was it is from, because it was, it was very, it's the best it was idea the show's ever had. I mean, no, it was it was very early in, in the original comics. There was a company called TCRI, and they had little robot men, and you couldn't tell that they had that they had Krangs inside of them, but they did. There was a whole bunch of Krangs in the original comic. So, I loved it. like at the end of every episode when the plan was foiled, you generally just see like Krang just like Mah! and like <laughs> flailing his little tentacles around. Yeah, uh, and, what, what wonderful shit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I really. I mean, let, let's be honest here. What turtle do we relate to? I, I relate to Krang more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite Twitter accounts before it all went to hell. Um, there was a guy named Krang T Nelson, um, who would always just spit fire in terms of his his tweets. It was kind of like a drill, um, but I, I think he changed his name. Krang T Nelson, I don't think exists anymore. But what a name! And of I course, didn't... his avatar was Krang. Yes, uh, the mixing uh, coach and Krang, very good, very well done. Yeah. So that was that was the cartoons, the comics, and the toys. We had, we had a lot of uh, all of them. Those video games, though. Video games are great, <laughs> except for that. Yeah, that first Nintendo one. It was impossibly hard. I actually, uh, they recently released this thing called the the Cowabunga Collection. Which has all the video games of the, uh, the 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 8-bit video games on it. It's got all the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and Game Boy ones, and it's on. You can buy it for you know 19 bucks if you want it on your current systems. Have a lot of fun with it. Uh, the boy and I have we beat Turtles in Time together, uh, playing through Ninja Turtles 2. And I, I sat down. And I was like, I'm I'm gonna fucking finally beat that first game on the Nintendo because. I can save anywhere. I can. You can rewind. You can just tap a button and rewind. You die. Rewind. You die. Rewind. I still can't do it. I still can't get through that stupid game. It's impossible. When I, when I think of that first game, I just think about the movie The Wizard and Bo Bridges in a hotel room. I got the scroll weapon. Like talking about stuff that doesn't actually exist in the game. Like tapping away at, at, at playing that first Turtles game. Yeah. I every time I play a video game, I wish it was half as fun as he makes video games look like in that movie. In that scene. <laughs> You got, you got Christian Slater sitting there next to him looking all over. Dad, 
what are you eating over there? A donut? As he's like, and his wife beater just clomping away at that controller. The Wizard essentially was just a 90-minute commercial for Mario 3. Like, when they unveiled that at the end, like, all the kids just lost their minds. Oh I my can't... god, he's got the feather! It's like, how would you even know what the fucking feather is? Yeah, uh, the flute. Yeah. They knew where the, they knew where the, the flute warp. was. The warp was yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge plot hole. Huge plot hole. <laughs> but, um, I do watch that movie every few years. Can't help myself. Uh, so, the Ninja Turtles games. Uh, played the hell out of them. I loved going to the arcade and playing the, the two that were in the arcade. That'd be two and then, or I'm sorry, just the arcade game and then Turtles in Time. And I, I spent a lot of time at the arcades as a kid. I loved video game arcades. Um, Eric probably only got to go to them half hour a month, but video game arcades. Did you guys did you guys have fond memories of video game arcades? I mean, how could you not? You're, you're our age. Tell, tell me about it. Anytime that we would yeah. go up to Auburn, uh, there is a, uh, I think it's called Prospector Hill or something like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Is that it's kind of like a Scandia, but with a prospecting theme. Yep. Uh, it's good stuff. That was where I would always cut my teeth on every arcade game. So the Simpsons arcade game, which came out, I think, before the Turtles game. Very similar. You're scrolling along. It's your double dragon type s- style, you know. Um, and then when the Turtles game was unleashed, I pumped so many quarters in that thing. And then when it came on to the Nintendo console, like that was the game to get. The game. They even, I mean, they adapted it pretty well for, you know, it didn't look as good, but. Yeah. That Simpsons game. Never got a, never got a console treatment, but whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, I, in my part of town, uh, over by my favorite comic book shop, Comics and Comics and Birdcage, there was an arcade over there. Oh. I would attend that one. Um, And then just a good pizza parlor with some good games. Uh, I love that Simpsons game. And I love that Turtles game. Like the, those, those two. I, if I had to narrow it down, um, as just far as games that I could just sit with for a while, both of those great, great games. So much fun. Just kinetically a great time. Yeah. From City Hall. Yeah. No. I. Uh, April O'Neil. Talking about nostalgia. Three, that, that comics and comics. I remember that specific shop. God, that shop Probably. was so fucking good. Probably my first comic shop where I like the idea of a comic shop was that that one in the Birdcage Center. I only went yeah. there like maybe once or twice, but it was a good one. Because that was when the Birdcage Theater was still there, and now they've right. barreled all of that. They put like a Best Buy and a Target there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yes. Correct. Terrible. So, yeah, the uh, Prospector Hill that was right as up, up here in Auburn. I used to go there as a kid too. Loved it. I, you know, a couple quarters would go far if you knew what you were doing. And uh, it's been demolished since. I don't know if you've driven by there, but it's there's nothing there. Rubble. I think it's. Oh, a, that's too bad. Yeah, I think they knocked it all down. You can buy uh, Winnebago's where it used to be. Um, but they do at that at that classic arcade they opened up up here. They do have that Simpsons game. You know, that one of those retro arcades. Mm-hmm. So played that for a while with the wife and kid. That was fun. Yeah, the four player beat 'em ups. That was that was fun. You had to. I mean, the late '80s throughout the '90s. There's, you, had, you had the X-Men. Yeah, uh, like the Simpsons, like you said, where it was it was actually made like during the first or second season, and Smithers was uh, black in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They the like Turtles one, Maggie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, all, all the characterizations of the characters were wrong in that game. Yeah. Um, you had all the ones that Capcom would make. 
you had the aliens versus predator. You had uh, Cadillacs and dinosaurs. You had the Captain America and the Avengers. You had the the four player brawler. I loved them. You know what I think but, killed that four player brawler was Street Fighter. Because once Street Fighter really came out, that was all what people would do in the arcades. It was all yeah. about that and Mortal Kombat. You know? Yeah, they never they didn't they never went away, but they took a back seat. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if if you were to have your own, if you were to make a four player brawler, it could be any topic. It could be any uh, IP. It could be any TV show, game, uh, band, movie, book. What would it be? Eric, start with you. On the spot. Oh, on the spot? Oh, shit. Uh, always sunny. One. Always sunny. Oh, my God. I was gonna, <laughs> that was going to be mine. That'd no be way. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would that would so be that funny. would that you definitely if you like if, if that was like Golden Axe, you definitely the little troll would be uh Danny DeVito. <laughs> yep. Roll, rolling around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that that would be a good one. I actually uh I thought about this quite a bit and I don't know if it's in the zeitgeist because uh it's in the in in you know, they might make a show out of it again. But I was thinking the Dark Tower. You could be Roland. You could be uh, Jake the Kid. You could be Odetta in her wheelchair. Or you could be uh, the sassy New York guy, Eddie Dean. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could, you know, each each book could be a level of the uh, the game. And that'll never happen, but that would be my dream brawler. There you go. The dark the, and then every now and then, if you could summon, uh, I think the little creature's name was Oi or something That's like right. that. Oi. Yeah. Boy is yeah. great. Or also, you you know you could summon Stephen King every once in a while. You come in, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a special move. Yeah, hit somebody with a baseball bat and then run off. The narrator comes in. Um, uh, he yeah. would wield he would wield a typewriter like like uh, Marge wield the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen that guy? I don't think he's going to wield anything that hard. Uh, I, I take it back. The guy got hit by a car while he was walking down the street and lived to tell the tale. So Stephen King's made of some sterner stuff. I mean, there's a variety of stuff. You could do like an Adams Adams Family one. You could do um, Gilligan's is, Island. Uh, <laughs> Which, how, how isn't there an Adams uh, Family one? I know, right? You could do a six-player, you know, back to Danny DeVito. You could do a six-player one for Cheers, his wife, you know, Carla. Yeah. But think of the, you know, think crane. of, the, yeah, the, think of the, the, the different types of characters you could have there. You could have Norm, who'd be the big old uh, burly guy. You could have Sam would be your well-rounded character. You could have Carlo would be the, the quick and speedy one. Uh, you could do just to throw yeah, back. If we're talking sitcoms. Cliff, Cliff Clavin. Hold on, I'm, I'm still thinking oh, I'm here. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cliff Clavin in his mailbag could like you know throw weapons. Uh, Woody would be like a I don't know some kind of beefcake. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna go make this game now. What are you saying? The thing, I, mean, oh, I was gonna I, say if we're sticking with sitcoms, we could do a. We could do a double dragon style two player with uh, with Tim and Al from uh, Tool Time. You know, or just she, Seinfeld she would be awesome. <laughs> We'd have to fight the soup Nazi. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, what was that guy? Uh, Joe Devola. Crazy Joe Devola. That's right. <laughs> Putty can come in as like a special like side character, an NPC, if you will. Um, what band? What band? What band would make the perfect brawler? Metallica. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's easy. Yeah. I mean, you even, I mean Rammstein, every, come on. Yeah, that'd be a good six-player one, but they'd have yeah, Rammstein would have good special moves. A lot of fire, a lot of electrical. Oh man, till like getting out a giant dildo. Oh, the, the, well, the, the till hammer. The, the till hammer could be one of his finishing moves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best group musical group brawler exists, and that's the Wu Tang Battle for Shaolin or whatever that fucking uh, game was called back. The Dreamcast game was called. Was that a was that a brawler? Was that or was that like a one on one fighter? I thought yeah, uh, I thought it was a one on one fighter. Um. Uh, I don't remember. I played it one time, but it was very fun. I think Method Man was the best one in that. But yeah, it was it was fun. Or maybe it was You God Golden Arms. He had the Golden Arms. But anyways, that was. That I was mean, fun. speaking of um, video games and things that kind of were spawned out of the phenomenon of Ninja Turtles, of course, there's also Battle Toads. Um, <laughs> that game is also <laughs> impossible. That's, a, that's another one that I I like with modern technology. I tried to beat like using you know. Rewind and save states and all the stuff you can do. Still got frustrated and just quit it. That fucking no. jet ski level, like that game, like the mechanics are so fun. It feels like the way they do the punches. It feels like you're there, and then like you get to the jet ski level and you can't fucking beat it. It's like just. I mean, bad, I, I don't. I, I don't know if it. I don't know if any of the same uh, creators worked on it, but I, I, I'm glad at least Battletoads existed. So I think Earth, Earthworm Jim could run. I don't know if yeah. we ever would have got Earthworm Jim without Battletoads in the middle between the Turtles and Earthworm Jim. But, yeah, uh, using his head as a whip. Ha, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Besides the fact that the, 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 the creator of that game turned out to be a, ter- a horrible human being years later. But, Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's he, like everybody. You know, he went the way of a cursed alley. May she rest in peace. So For sure. Uh, I'll always so remember her, her highlight years of as being Rebecca, but that's it. Hey, she. Uh, how often do you get to have a second act in a show like that? And uh, I, arguably, I got it got better in my opinion. But I, yeah, did good for Cheers. So yeah, you know, and also Cheers for old video games and Cheers for the Ninja Turtles. They were so popular, gentlemen. They made a movie. They made three of them, but they made one in particular, which to me, that was one of the times, like the first times in my life. Like, actually, it probably was the second. There was the Masters of the Universe movie, which was terrible. And even as a young kid, like, you know, you can get force-fed some garbage as a kid and still like it because it just it exists there for you. Especially back then when we didn't have access to everything we wanted like our kids do now, and they're spoiled little bastards. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that He-Man movie was a letdown. Oh. Do you yeah. know, uh, do you know De Laurent- Do you know De Laurentiis joint? Oh. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not good. Not even a Robert Logia Skeletor could save that thing. But, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> well, I don't think it was. Was it Robert Logia or the other? Uh, who the fuck? Uh, it, it was one of the like, it was one of those guys. It was either Logia or like F. Murray Abraham. It was like it was like somebody oh. that was like way too good of an actor to be in that role. Yeah, but still was kind of craggy. Oh, Frank, um, Frank Langella. Frank Langella. That's, that's it. Yes, there you go. Yeah, exactly. But that, exactly that type. And then uh, um, when I when I heard the turtles were coming out, though, I couldn't believe it. They're making a Ninja Turtles movie. I got to see it like the opening week. One of my aunts took me to see it, and it was a, a Miramax film. It was uh, don't remember who directed it. 
Yeah, Jim Henson made the creatures. They made the guy the the giant suits that the guys got in. Um, it had that late eighties, early nineties kind of mid budget grime to it. Like it was like tactile. You could kind of feel it. Um, Sam and Rockwell I, was in it. And Sam Rockwell was in it. One of the yeah. henchmen. And I, as a kid then, and as an adult today, absolutely stand by it and love it. I was blown away then, and I, I can revisit it now. I can even take off the nostalgia glasses, and I still think it's a worthwhile, for what it is, a worthwhile comic book film. What do you guys think of the, the original film? Uh, yeah, I actually um, I watched it a lot back in the day. It's been a long time, and I watched it this week. And prep for this, and I seem to remember all the li- dialogue, every scene. Uh, interesting story. It was directed by Steve Barron, um, and uh, yeah, and Steve Barron apparently like Jim Hen- uh, Jim Henson was uh, uh, had a show called The Storyteller. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's uh, uh, John yeah, the Hurt. Giant. Yep. John Hurt would do the narrations and then you'd have like a little like fairy tale every episode. So pretty cool, pretty cool show, pretty dark. Um, and Steve Barron directed a bunch of episodes of that. And so Jim Henson did this as kind of a favor, even though he thought Jim Henson's like, it was a little bit too violent for his kind of ethical standpoint for what he wanted his company to do. But um, he, you know, uh, stuck with it because of his uh, loyalty to Steve Barron. And it was the last film that Jim Henson would have any... Uh, he would die uh, six months, I think, after the movie was released. Um, and uh, the, I think what, in the end, the Jim Henson company was really proud of what they did to puppetry with these suits. Because the suits are like suits that you wear and faces that are puppets. And it's very... And, and, and I watched last night, and it's, it is an independent film. It, is, it was low budget when it came out. And it ended up making a shitload of money and one of the most successful independent films of all time. And I would say that the that the the animatronics are fantastic. The the puppetry of the faces and every it it's great. It was, it was very fun to watch and and quite an achievement. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed it at the time. And I and and when I watched it this time, I I enjoyed it. Now it's very very nineties. Sure, it's dated, but it's it, it is a it belongs in the time capsule. Mark. Yeah, the first one's good. I mean, uh, it has that Batman 89 feel done on a very independent level. Um, I mean, it's not as... I, I mean, it's not like film. It's not going in any time capsules in the AFI Institute, but for men of our age and growing up with it and growing up with the hysteria of Ninja Turtles, it definitely hit right. Um, Casey Jones, Elias Codius, um has some great uh, lines in that movie like uh kick rocks pal you know just Cowabunga. still family friendly and there is some sexual tension obviously between Raphael and april o'neill which i find kind of humorous <laughs> but, then, but uh, then there's the real sexual tension between uh, him and april uh, casey jones casey, and april casey, yeah. yes to, to yeah. the point where it almost makes me feel uncomfortable as a kid to watch it like oh my god this is a yeah what are they going to do in the next scene yeah. Right. Um, Turtles 1 was great. Turtles 2, ninja, we ninja, had to go, essentially go ninja, rush to the theater go, to see go, it. Ninja, we, go, Me and my buddy go, at the time go, go, 
sat like in, in the front row at the state theater in Auburn uh, when we saw that and we were um, having a great old time and when I revisited those movies with my kids uh, you know it's very cartoony uh, we got vanilla ice coming in doing the ninja rap uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, doctor that created the ooze wow that's friend of the show David Warner yeah in the, in the second one yes David Warner is in the second one who the, the man of many <laughs> Yeah, many genre films, including like I think he played three roles in Star Trek uh, movies and TV show. But the second one definitely is more cartoony. Um, as Shredder turns into a completely different character, <laughs> I feel like he's very like foreboding and menacing in that first one, and and then he just kind of turns into like this mob boss who is just real goofy and hung up on creating more mutants. Uh, the third one is unwatchable, where they go back in time. Oh wow! Do their the, the masks one, I mean, even move in the third one? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, I, I need to see them in samurai times. I just that's not what I'm here for. I think the budget was dropping, so they're like, "All right, how can we let's go film it in the forest with four samurai suits?" That's the movie. But they bring back Casey Jones for that one because um, they're. You know, as the turtles are stuck in time, they're they're on the other side trying to get them back. And was it was it called Turtles in Time? I think so. The game was far superior because they actually go through different time periods. I could have gone for that movie, but not that one. Where they're it's essentially trying to do like a Seven Samurai thing, and it just not good. No, it wasn't called that. But the tagline was the turtles are back. Dot 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 in time. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I never was not available for that soundtrack. I, I never watched the third one. I by that time, I think I uh, I could I could I could see it was a stinker, and I wasn't uh, so into the turtles that I, I had to see everything. The second one, much like you, I had to be there for day one. Even that day, though, I could kind of tell. Like even as like a eleven year old, twelve year old, I was like, ah, this is not as good as the first movie. Right. And, uh, you know, they recasted April O'Neil. Uh, Tokon Razor instead of Bebop and Rocksteady still baffles me to this day. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Vanilla Ice. Probably that was the most exciting part to me. I know, you know what? Even then, that was like after Vanilla Ice wasn't cool anymore. To the yeah. Extreme was like three years ago by that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And go, then, ninja, you know, ba- go, Ninja. Go, Go, yeah, Ninja. And- <laughs> I mean, you know the, the the rap song in the credits of the first movie. That one is a banger. That's uh, hammer. No, it's not hammer. It's uh, the partners and partners in rhyme. Oh, partners in crime. Part, yeah, yeah. Partners in crime. Yeah, T M N N T power. Yeah, that song's a banger. It kind of sounds. It kind of sounds like a poor man's digital underground, but not in a bad way. Hammer is in that in the soundtrack, but he's like when they're like partying at the Foot Clan's headquarters. Which, by the way, if you go back to that first movie. You can totally see why, like they, they got a bunch of street kids to like, be part of their gang. That like it was a cool hang. It was like playing pool, doing skateboards, rap rap concerts every night. Oh, the yeah, the Great first time. yeah, that, I mean they they definitely they lured them with cigarettes and skateboards, and video games and TVs. A a silent crime wave, it was called. I don't know if you remember, oh, yeah. but it was the silent crime wave that April O'Neil was reporting on. Yeah. Well, we're bouncing and, uh, yeah, all yeah, over yeah. here, but what happened? later for the turtles movies uh i feel like i did not know anything 
No, you know what? I actually specifically just went backwards. You guys went forwards, and I went backwards, you jackass. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, Fair enough. my God. Uh, in, that, in that first movie, though, then you had April's boss, whose son Danny was also in the uh, in the in the Foot Clan, and he was always wearing like Sid Vicious shirts. This <laughs> was a very strange choice to me. He was a semi-select version of you. Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> Part of that movie that always gets me at the end, where he, he sees him after all the, the violence has ended. He's like, Danny, Daniel, I thought I lost you, boy. Run I mean, that, well. Yeah, that, that, that that part gets me, and then of course, you know, uh, you are all my sons. When when Splinter appears to them in a vision, yep. they think he's dead. I am very proud of you. They really should have uh, killed him off. That would have been something. Yeah, that would have been a lot of. That would have, that would have been like the uh, Infinity Gauntlet movie on steroids. That into that first one when all the kids see their heroes turn to ash. Yeah, uh, but uh, they're funny. Elias Codius. I made it funny. Elias Codius, like because he was in that movie, whenever I would see him for the rest of my life, I'd be like, oh, it's Casey Jones. Like for the next 30 years. If I see him in something, it's oh, it's Casey Jones. And then and then weirdly, I always associate because he Elias Codius. Elias Codius was in some movies where he was like the other man or a woman was having an affair with him and he lived in a uh in a uh, art studio that you'd have to take a freight elevator to get to. You guys kind of know him like that vibe of movie, right? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Like the other guy, the other guy that looks similar to him. It was also in those movies all the time was fucking Aragorn for the Lord of the Rings. Uh, his name. Viggo, yeah. Viggo Mortensen. Mortensen. Like Viggo Mortensen, like Viggo Mortensen to me and Eliza's Codius have kind of a Jake or a Jake, Gary Busey, Nick Nolte vibe, like parallel thing for me. I don't, I don't know. So there you go. That's my, for my me, I, I get the guy that was on Law and Order and Wet Hot oh. American Summer. Christopher Maloney. Yeah. Oh, Chris Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all from the, they're all from yeah. that same group of guys then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Back when men were men. No. <laughs> back when men had a cleft in their chin. That's right. Um, but yes, the turtles, I had never watched the Michael Bay movies. Um, I have not watched the, um, computer generated one TMNT that Nickelodeon was starting to chart out because, but you know, the thing is, and this all brings me back around to Christmas is when my son made his Christmas list, I saw Ninja turtle action figures on that list which helped spawn this conversation this evening. No Will kidding. The circle that, that, go unbroken. That, that's funny. My, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I put it on. Maybe it was those video games. Cause my kid played those, those, uh, throwback brawlers with me, but he, he does enjoy the most recent Nickelodeon show. It's a, uh, it, 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 it's, I don't mind having it on. So, well, he's not asking for action figures. Well, there you go. In this in this competition that doesn't exist, Mark, you just you just got a little bit ahead of me, uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? Um, uh, meanwhile, like when I was watching the first movie a couple days ago, my son walked in and said, "Dad, why are you watching Ninja Turtles?" <laughs> <laughs> it's the Patton Oswalt bit. <laughs> yeah, where he's gonna throw your. <laughs> but uh, you know what? He parked his ass. Comments and on the, the roof. Whole, watched the whole fucking movie with me, so he liked it. 
he liked it in the end. There you go. You can't deny that movie. You know, probably, I mean, was he, uh, was your kid in Elmo when he was younger at all? Who's me? No, not really. No, no. not yours. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Sesame Street, yes. Eric's like, kid. Yeah, he was in Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in the first Turtles movie, the voice of one of the Turtles is Kevin Clash, who did Elmo for years. So oh, it's, it's probably uh, some yeah. kind of. He actually was the puppeteer of uh, Splinter. So. Well, there you go. So there, there, there's the part. It, it resonated on some subconscious level with the with with him. And, one of my, uh, one now, of the only, the only thing I have to say about the Michael Bay movies is that friend of the show, Joe Vieira, uh, I remember I was not living in the area, but I was visiting. And when that first one came out and we went to the bar and, and together, and I asked him about it and he said, why do those turtles look like, like a bunch of bags of dicks, um, <laughs> in regards to their CGI design. So <laughs> that's the only thing I have to say. I laughed very hard when he said that. <laughs> Yeah, well, they do look like meat suits. I, I can tell that. you this much. I've never I've never watched them. I've thought about it. They're always like ads for them on like Freebie or Tubi pop up on my smart TV. But in the the second one, I think it's called Out of the Shadows, uh Krang is in it. So I mean a live action Krang might get me to sit down and watch that movie. And if I'm not mistaken. I think friend of the show, Fred Armisen is the voice of Krang. <laughs> oh, so there you All go. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. That's a good voice. That's a good voice. Maybe guy. someday, maybe someday. Yeah. No, 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 Mark. Fred Armisen was originally going to do it, but scheduling conflicts made it. Okay. All right. Well, what could have been Brad Garrett? I don't even know who Brad Garrett is. Oh, he oh, was the tall uh, guy. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. He's the oh, uh, Raymond. <laughs> Raymond. Yeah. He should have just voiced the robot. I mean, he kind of, he, he kind of looks like the robot. So yeah. Well, on that, and that, that, that news is as disappointing as uh, not getting the Ninja Turtles game that you thought you were going to get. Then you uh, actually got it. So that is this year's holiday episode of Pod Like a Hole, where two forty one year. Oh, geez, I'm forty two now. A 42-year-old and a two 41-year-olds talked about Ninja Turtles for an hour. That is the quality content you get on Pod Like a Hole. Please support our Patreon. <laughs> and if you don't want to subscribe to Patreon, just go donate to us one time at Ko-Fi slash Pod Like a Hole. That's K-O dash F-I slash Pod Like a Hole. For stimulating conversations like this one, and years of other discussions about things that are not Ninja Turtle related. Krang, Krang bless us, everyone. <laughs> Holidays in a half shell. We are now going to return to Dimension X. Thanks once again for joining us here at Pod Like a Hole for another year. And... We're going to go out here listening to Just Like Christmas by Lowe. I believe I mentioned in a recent episode that Mimi Parker from Lowe passed away. She was 55. And the Lowe Christmas album is a family favorite in this home. And I was happy to hear this song in the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special this year. Uh, kind of a surprise. It's a great little song. It's probably one of my favorite Christmas songs and my wife's. And I wanted to share it with all of you. 
Happy Christmas and other holidays. Rest in peace, Mimi.